Hey, what's up? It's Jax from Plastic Action, and you're listening to the world-famous Toy Photocast. We are storytellers. What's up, everybody? This is your host, Dega Bidays, coming at you with some incredible information regarding Patreon. Most of you guys already know that we are on Patreon at the moment. We're getting content out there for you guys to be able to dive in deeper and to be able to do some things maybe that this kind of format that wouldn't allow on on Spotify or iTunes or we can kind of do some different engaging with you guys. We want to give you some some stuff that's really uh, valuable to your to your journey as a toy photographer. So I want to give a shout out to our first Patreon uh, member Stephanie Beyer. Thank you so much for, for being a, a member of the Patreon community. So you guys, if you want to be a part of the Patreon, all you got to do is go to our link in our bio on Instagram or in the show notes of this podcast and everything will be there for you guys. Just click on that. There's three different tiers. Um, everybody that joins the Patreon is going to get episodes before they come out regularly on Spotify or iTunes. So that way you can get the information without ads and you can be able to get a little bit deeper as we go along. We're going to be adding some great content for you guys. So check it out. Come on to Patreon um, and we'll see you there. Peace. So welcome everyone to the plastic action episode of Toy Photocast. So stoked to have you on the show, man. This is... What's up? What's up? This is something that... I feel like we'll go down in history as like one of the all-time greatest moments of the show. So dang, what? That's I'm a excited, lot of pressure man. on me, bro. <laughs> I know, dude. I know. Hey, I will, I, I'll try not to screw up, man. <laughs> well, just by you being on the show, man, and and you just being here makes it that that kind of special. So, dude, I love it, man. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. having me on. Like, uh can I bring you with me to like intro me wherever I get into like, dude? because um, that's like, I will be your just... hype man anywhere, <laughs> anywhere you want me to be. Just tell me and I'll, I'll do it. Dude, that will just raise my confidence. I'll be like, speaking <laughs> to anybody, I'll be like, I'm a toy photographer. I'm like, so excited to be here, dude. No. I feel like that's my role now as the kind of moderator of this podcast. Like I'm the hype man. Like, <laughs> I love it. Really I awesome. love it, dude. I feel like it fits me. It does. I mean, it, you're a natural at it. Thank um, you, man. It shows in all your shows, all your episodes. I'm going to self-proclaim myself as your number one fan because I, uh, I've listened <laughs> to every single one, and not only that, just um, listened to uh, a lot of them multiple times, and I just. It's such a, it's a fun listen, dude. I like, I listen to podcasts all the time and I just can't wait for all the new episodes to come out. So I just want to acknowledge you for that. It's, you're doing such wow. an amazing job. Thank you, man. It means a lot. And I feel like now that I've been doing this, I've only been doing this for like four or five months now, but I feel like I can't see myself not doing this. And so just to say thank you, man, like it's, it's like I, you were on my list, man. Like, I'll just say that. Like, I had a vision list for people that I wanted on the show. And when I started out, I was like, okay, who, here's the people I've got. And I just mentally wrote a note of all these uh, people that I really respected. And you were definitely 
like at the very top, like with some of the other guys. And so it's like, it's to me like a dream fulfilled kind of moment and not to be cheesy. Like I know people are listening, like, oh, shut up, dude. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's one of those moments. It's like, cool. Like this is, it's like, uh, what's the word? Kismet. Is that it? Is that the right word? That's, I, I don't even know that word, but <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> All right. So, so thank you, man. Like that, uh, yeah. I'm honored, honestly, cause you know, I'm a fan of the show. So just being a part of this, uh, I feel a little bit of pressure because I love it so much, but I'm just looking forward to hopefully educating your listeners with whatever I have to offer. <laughs> Dude, I'm so stoked too, man. So let's, let's just informally start off, man, with, I know this is going to be probably something you weren't expecting, but I really wanted to talk about this, about the passing of Kobe Bryant. And I want to talk about it with you because you made some really beautiful posts kind of memorializing uh, what happened uh, last week. And I just want to talk about, man, like what was his importance in your life and how did this kind of affect you in the last week, man? Oh, dude, um, it's it's been rough, dude. And it's it's crazy to just to to say how emotionally it has affected me. Because I, you know, I've never met him. Um, yeah. I plan to, but I've never had the, the pleasure of meeting him personally. So I don't know who he is as a person just through stories that I've read or seen. But yet, I I remember when I first, it's one of those, um, it's one of those moments, you know, where you're at and you'll mm. never forget where you're at when you first hear the news, kind of like, yep. kind of like 9-11 and um, you know, all those really emotional impact stories. Uh, this was one of them. I was actually at a seminar when I first, uh, heard of the news and it wow. was day, it was, it was a personal development seminar. So you can imagine the amount of energy and then there. And so it was day three, the very last day I was really emotionally into it. And then the, uh, the guy sitting next to me, Nadine, he sends me or he shows me his phone and it's a, uh, article from TMZ that says Kobe Bryant dies in a helicopter crash. Oof. Yeah, right? So I see that and what I was thinking in my head was get that get that shit out of my face cuz it's not true, right? Like right. that's that's yeah. that was like the first thought in my head like this isn't true. Somebody yeah. just threw out fake news. And then I started getting a bunch of text messages. Oh man. Yeah, and then I started getting, then I got a text message from my sister who was sitting next to me, you know? So I knew from that point, I was like, oh, and then my Instagram DMs, I started getting notifications on that. And so I knew, like, this this is real. And, mm. man, like, it, it hit me. Like, I actually got emotional at the seminar and... I don't know if anybody saw, but at that point I was like, I don't, I don't give a shit. I, 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 I lost it. I wasn't like bawling or anything, but you know, I was crying and I was like, yeah. and, and I started thinking like, like, why am I crying? <laughs> like, this is like, I felt ridiculous for crying Yeah, because I didn't really know who he was. Like, I didn't know him personally. I still don't know the answer to that. Like, I don't know why I was so touched, but the crazy thing is, man, you look at the news and the entire city of Los Angeles is feeling 
exactly the same. Yeah. You know, very emotional. I mean, you, I don't know if you've seen the memorials at Staples Center. I mean, there's people just flocking there mm. um, and and creating these amazing art pieces and leaving them there and sending jerseys and balls. And it's just uh, outpouring. I've never seen anything like it. Like, you know, Michael Jackson passing, um, I don't know if it was like 10 years ago. That was pretty big, but... Um, this was different. And, and yeah, this was different. And, this was different. And I, I still can't articulate why, why it's different. And I'm still kind of like going back. All I know is that it really affected me. So to go back to your question, like, you know, you know, what was the impact? Um, you know, from a basketball standpoint, it was everything because like, I'm a huge Laker fan and, mm. and I've always have been since I was a kid and Magic Johnson was, he was kind of the player that got me to love basketball, love the Lakers. So when he was gone, it was Kobe and Shaq that came in, right? They, they yeah. were like the next players to bring the Lakers back to the promised land. And the cool thing about Kobe was he was, he started, he came out of high school, so he was a kid. So we got to see him as a, you know, as a city and as fans, we got to see this little kid, not little kid, but this young man develop into one of the best ever. Yeah. Uh, and so, and it, and it just, and it goes beyond basketball because, you know, it, it, it all ties into just the culture of basketball. Like people that love basketball, they eat, drink, and sleep it, right? So yep. I wasn't necessarily like that, but I did love it. Like I always played. I would watch it every chance I get, even the non-Laker game. Like there was one year I subscribed to NBA League Pass, so after work I would watch games from 4 all the way to 11 almost every night. So I just loved the game. So, But what Kobe did and Kobe and Shaq did together, um, and even after Shaq left, Kobe carried on, but they brought like a community together. Like, like my friends, you know, we would get together all the time, family for the playoffs. So it was like, it was just like that, not just, it, it was beyond basketball. So it was, it was the community part of it and just the human connection part. Like it, the Bloods and the Crips would have got together and enjoyed the game together. You know, that's how impactful it was. Yeah. You know, like rival gang members would like put a, put aside their differences at the parade and and just say, hey, let's all enjoy this together. So uh, that that was and that's why I think, you know, people are so impacted is because they they just had that emotional connection. Yeah, I remember, too, the day that it happened and it was just utter disbelief because. I wasn't actually a massive fan of Kobe, but I actually grew up. You're going to laugh at me because I know you're not a big fan of Michael Jordan, but I grew up <laughs> a huge Michael Jordan fan. And so I was just stunned, man. I was just like, this this isn't real. Like you, know, like you said, like it just didn't seem real. And so I, I showed my wife and her sister. We were just chilling in the room and I was like, hold up, like this is real. And then we just automatically turned on the TV and the news and, and we're just stunned and kind of looking at his legacy man like he's only 41 when he passed yeah and he had so much to offer the world like he had so much i think that's why it's so 
devastating is because his journey had really just begun as to kind of like leave a legacy. I mean, he already did, but like what he could have achieved in film and he'd already won an Oscar for a short uh, animated film. Right. And um, just the the creative mind uh, that he had was just legendary, dude. And I don't know why, like I was emotional about it too. And it just really hit with me hard because I, I didn't, like you said, I didn't know him. I, I wasn't really a fan of of the Lakers. I wasn't even a fan of, of current basketball at this moment, but I was just like devastated. I was like, dude, man, like what? Like it's, and I think when a legend like that passes before his time, it's just, it really shocks everybody and kind of reminds them of their mortality for sure. And, and like how much you want to make every moment count. And I think that's what my takeaway was, was just to be like, wow, like I get one shot at this. I need to make it count. To to add on top of that, yeah. um, you know, when when you heard that his daughter passed with him, I think oh. that's what it brought it to it brought to another level is because yeah. like it again, it goes beyond basketball. It just every you know, not everybody has a daughter, but some people are daughters, some people are fathers, some people are brothers. And it that's like just that loss right there, like ev- everybody in the world can connect with. And I think that's why so many people really got emotional about it because they saw like they saw the connection that they had together like it wasn't it it was it was at another level like people who saw them together and saw how they truly felt about each other and how they connected they aspired to be that and and you know, people have admitted it publicly. People, people that are in the NBA is like, man, I saw them together, and you know, I I want to be a, a daddy like him and have a a connection with my daughter just like he did. You know, so it brings in again because you know we as fans we think of these athletes as just like super superhuman, um, but the you know sometimes we forget that they're just people and. And and that made him very human, and 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 that's how a lot of people connected with him. And that's why it's been kind of like a worldwide phenomenon. Just this whole thing has uh, affected the world. Like you've seen those pieces in the Philippines, and I don't know if you saw something today. Somebody posted it was somebody in California who like mowed a field of grass into a portrait of Kobe and Gigi, and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. It's insane it is and i think that we're just beginning to see the legacy that he's kind of left for everybody and it's going to be one of these things that'll probably go down as one of the greatest players of all time it's just i'm not really aware of like all of the things that he's done i know he's won like a lot of awards and a lot of trophies but like just like you said, like he's such a family man and an and inspiration to people in the NBA. And so having that legacy as as he did, it's it, we're just beginning to see the the effects of it. So it's going to be that'll be a positive thing to be able to see what how he affects other people and, and players. And for so, sure, it's yeah. those hidden, it's those hidden blessings that are found in, in these major tragedies. Right. Exactly. Well, dude, now we've kind of gotten the. The, the sad news off of our chest man um let's let's kind of uh redirect our energy and focus on toy photography so dude let's you you man you've been doing toy photography for a long time right you've been um, doing toy photography 
has it been five years or six? No, it's been uh, four years, actually. Four years. Has uh, it? Uh, January 24th. So, wow, so okay. Yeah, January 24th was my first, 2016 was my very first toy photography post. And I didn't even know it was toy photography back then. Go crazy, right? No way. Yeah, so it was, um, so a little bit of history on, on my, the origins is uh, I started out photographing a Spiro BB-8. It was a, a gift from my wife. It was right after a Force Awakens. So this is one of those stories where it's Force Awakens inspired. But uh, so I, I got that droid and I loved it. Like I love the character in the movie. And I, you know, at the time I was doing pet photography, which was basically my dog, right? Or my dogs. And uh, so I, I looked at BBA and I was like, this, this guy's really cute and (laughs) you know i think i can bring out a lot of personality out of it and so i kind of treated my photos of bb8 as like a pet account and and that's that was kind of the inspiration to start that instagram is bb8 kind of in the real world um doing cute stuff and having its own personality so it it was basically the same concept as toy photography it was like making something that's not really alive and bringing life to it so that's how that started and that's when or i found the world of toy photography and i was just wow blown away by did did you find it through a hashtag or how did you stumble upon it i was in instagram already so i understood the hashtag games um how to get visibility so i was hashtagging star wars hashtagging bb8 force awakens stormtrooper jedi sith all those to get visibility right so uh, naturally, that's what would show up in my um, explore feed, and so I would get a lot of Star Wars content. And I remember seeing this really amazing photo from Galactic Warfighters. So I, when I opened it, I was like, "Damn, this is cool! What is what is this from?" And I found out it was like a smaller scale. I don't know if it, it said toy, but um, or I don't know if I even realized it was a toy. But I started following him because, you know, I was like, dude, these are all freaking dope. Like, I love I love that <laughs> there's so much action and these are like small scale figures, you know. I started, you know, after following him, then it was like Sergeant Bananas and then guys like Barton, LTM, uh, Nightwing, 2110, uh, Matt Byrne, who uh, doesn't really do a lot of toy photography now, but... Um, huge inspiration uh, in the past and then that totally opened up my world I was like dude this is awesome and I saw Star Wars the Black Series I didn't even know what Black Series was I was like what you know because I you know after after discovering this I'm like damn I need to I need to really like look into this so yeah uh, so when I googled what, what Black Series was I'm like oh this is like a toy line from Hasbro so went on Amazon and uh Naturally, the first figure I got was Ray and BB-8 because I, I still wanted to like the my name was in plastic action. Let's just go back to that. It was like it was uh, BB-8 files. I know stupid name, but <laughs> it was that was my name back then. Right. Uh, so I wanted to keep that BB-8 in inspiration or theme going. So I bought uh, Ray and BB-8 and, you know, it goes from there like oh, I got to get kylo now because i want to recreate a kylo ray scene and then 
oh, now I got to get first, first order stormtroopers, and then now I got to get Finn, and then now I got to get Phasma, and it's just a never-ending snowball. But yeah, so that's how that started, dude. And then I started discovering guys who just started like work more or less. You know, we all started at the same time, and then Black Series, and then yep. Swip Picks, and all these other guys, Small Wars, um, all these other guys who were just killing it. And, you know, I was pulling inspiration from, like, I saw uh, uh, Jason work more or less his his Digirama effect. And I don't know if he credits himself for that, but he should because, like, that was a total game changer. I see a lot of people using that technique. Um, yeah. So shout out to uh, my man, Jason. Jason. Yeah. Um, but all those guys do like Swit Pick, Spencer is such a cool dude. Like his um I, I, I remember early on he got featured on Star Wars and I was like, dude. And it was just like this I remember like the actual pick that resonates with me is uh it's a it's a very simple stormtrooper pick, but just the way he lit it, I was like, Man, I need to I need to step up my indoor lighting game because I was all about outdoor at the time and um yeah. You know, Isaiah's another one. It's like he his his uh his cool little flares and his Photoshop techniques. I was like, man, I need to step up step up my game so I could um, be at his level. And then, I mean, there's just so much. Like I I know I'm gonna like I can name the entire community. Like and the humor of Beryl Morado. Like I started listening or not listening, but seeing his work. And now there's guys like, you know, like obviously Richie Nose Reigns is highly influential and um, Dwayne Shoots Toys, dude, that, that guy is like totally changing the game. Like, yeah, like I am super inspired by his work. Um, I, I can't even put it in the words. It's just he's he's awesome. Like if you don't follow Dwayne Shoots Toys, you have to like he's bringing it to, like he's creating everything in his shots for the most part, like all his scenes and. His little diorama is like, damn, that that's really taking it to another level. He is, man. And what's crazy to me is that, like, knowing that I started with you at this around the same time, and like, I scrolled all the way back to the beginning of your feed just now, and just like seeing the progression, like seeing how, like, as you were speaking, I was like looking at like the things you're talking about and noticing the techniques you picked up over time. And it's like, when was the moment that you kind of realized you're like, this is my thing. Like, this is what I want to do. Like, was there ever that like moment or did you just kind of like evolve over time and, and love it more and more? It, it was pretty early on. Like, I thought I was awesome in the beginning. And, and I'm, that's not even a joke. Like, I, I was super excited about what I was doing in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I knew from the beginning that this is something that I want to do. And it's funny, like bringing back the old shots, because when I look back now, I'm like, damn, I sucked. Like, it's <laughs> like like some of these are really bad. And um, and we, we all can say that about our own work. Right. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, you got to start somewhere. But yeah. I remember like here's a story. Like I remember shooting at a location by my house called Vasquez Rocks. Really amazing place to go shoot. I think I was just shooting BB-8 at the time and ended up going after to a restaurant and, you know, got some appetizer drinks, whatever. And, you know, the waiter comes by and is like, hey, how's it going? How's your, how's your day? How was your day? And I was like, oh, man, it was good. I was, uh, we were out doing some photography. And 
he was like, um, oh, what kind of photography you guys use? Like landscape? I'm like, um, well, let me show you. And I was super excited to show this guy like toy photography, right? Because I think yeah. like if people see it, they would just love it. And I, I remember the underwhelming look that he had on his face. <laughs> he was just like, like I was super excited to show him. I was like, yeah, you know, this these are these are toys. This is a this is a small figure, and he's like, oh, okay, that's cool, whatever. <laughs> and then when he came what? back. Yeah, so when he came back around, like he he wasn't he was nice about it, but he wasn't just he wasn't ex- as excited as I was. But when he came back around, I was like, okay, so th- this is my work, but this is what this is my ceiling right here. So I would show like, you know, Sergeant Banana's works or Captain Chaos or uh, Galactic Warfighters. I would show them like this is who I aspire to be. <laughs> this is what <laughs> I'm working towards. He's yeah. like, oh, okay, I get it. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, so um yeah, you just got to start somewhere, right? And you do. Uh, to go back to your question, it's like I knew even back then when I was really amateur and I sucked like this is this is something I just want to do. And I think all of us have that moment. It's like either you you get it at the beginning or you get it at the middle or you get it like maybe even right now you're like this is my thing, like this is what I really enjoy and I consider myself like a toy photographer and watching you progress and watching you learn how to uh, navigate Instagram kind of blew my mind. Like you obviously came into it with a, um, some expertise, man. Did you have any sort of background like professionally in photography? Like, or did you just kind of learn everything as you went along? How, how was your background with that? Uh, that was all self-taught, man. Like, like the, how the whole dog account started, um, cause that's how it started. That's how photography started for me was, gotcha. um, with, with my dog and it started with an iPhone and it was another one of those things where, you know, uh, putting your hashtags and discovery, you start running into like real photography, right? Like people who shoot dogs professionally and, um, just at another level. So that really inspired me and my wife, who's now running that dog account on her own um, to purchase a, uh, a camera and, and learn photography. And, and, and so we did. And from there, it's like that's it's never stopped. Um, and our account for the dog did pretty good. You know, we actually got some really cool gigs out of it. And we got to travel for a bit and shoot events. It was unreal, man. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. It's like, crazy. Yeah, we went to St. Louis and shot a nationally televised um, dog event. It was called the Incredible Dog Challenge. I went to Philadelphia and did the National Dog Show, um, the wow. Beverly Hills Dog Show. Um, what else? There's a couple more, but yeah, I just through Instagram and just doing stuff that you love and you know, people reaching out and us just kind of taking advantage of it and just be like, I don't know if we're ready to do this, but we're going to do it, you know? That's amazing, dude. Let's talk about your camera, man. Let's talk about your equipment and the things that you use because you had mentioned you bought a DSLR. Let's let's kind of go down the list and talk about all of your tools that you use to be able to create your photos. 
Sure, sure. So I have currently I'm shooting. We have several cameras, but the sh- the one that I shoot with for toys is a uh, it's an older Fuji film XT1. Uh, the lens that I use primarily is a 60 millimeter macro lens. Nice. Um, I occasionally will shoot with a 35 millimeter and sometimes a 23, rarely a 16 millimeter. Uh, what else do I have? I have a 56 millimeter, but I don't really shoot toys with that. Yeah, so it's it's, I would say like, 95% of the time I'm using my 60 millimeter macro. Um, when, when did you get that lens? Ooh, when did I get that? Did I, I got that for specifically for toy photography and that I feel like it changed the game for me. I think cause it's, I think just the focal length, it makes it look like when you're shooting in, I guess when you're shooting anywhere, um, that focal length just, for some reason, just has like a, gives it more realism. Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, makes it not look like toys. Uh, so that's why, that's why I love that focal length. I just love the, uh, just how it looks in the end. Um, but yeah, I think I got that pretty early on, like within the year of starting toy photography. Gotcha. Okay. I didn't know you've had it that long. That is one thing that I think all of us as toy photographers need to have in our arsenal is a macro lens yes. and being able to utilize it in the in the right way. And you do it so well, man. It, it's just it's amazing to see, like you said, like you want to create that realism, that that emotion with those toys. And that I feel like that lens really does capture that and, and gives you it gives you. I want to say like it gives you the perspective almost like of a bystander watching things happen. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, you hit the nail on the head with that comment for sure. Thank you, by the way. Um, but yeah, yeah that's what exactly what I'm shooting for is that like the being there, like putting like I want my image to feel like you're actually standing in front of the action. Yeah. Like you're just right there in 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 the moment. So cool. When did you change your name to Plastic Action? Actually, um, good question. It was that same year, I think. So I started in January. I believe I changed it in within a month and a half. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it BB8 was great. files. <laughs> yeah, BB8 files. I don't know why I came up with that <laughs> stupid name, man, but. Um, it's funny, like I think about it, it's like so cheesy. BB-8 files. You had a focus, man. You were focused on BB-8. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, I'm so glad I changed. Actually, when I was like looking for a new name, uh, I didn't think Plastic Action was going to be available. I was, I was actually really shocked that it was. And when it was, I was like, dude, I'm jumping on this. It's mine. Nice. What sucks it- is like my other social handles, they're already taken, so I have to, I have to tweak it a little bit. Oh, uh, is it on Twitter? They don't have the, they don't have just a plastic action to do like an underscore or something like that. Yeah, I did plastic action underscore. Um, I, I think I had it at plastic dot action, but I don't know. I don't know why I changed it to that. And, and then Facebook was another one that plastic, plastic action was actually a, or is actually 
it's like a a campaign in Australia that's trying to get a get rid of plastic bottles. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So here they are, like not promoting plastic, and here I am promoting plastic. <laughs> polar opposite. <laughs> You're promoting the good type of plastic. That is very true. Exactly. Which is but, which is something I feel like most uh like just entry level people don't understand like buying a knockoff versus buying the real thing how dangerous that can be oh like when you it, buy a knockoff toy like the plastic could be so toxic and actually yes, like be harmful for sure i didn't think about that actually damn it because i have a couple <laughs> of knockoffs when i first started going back to knockoffs when we first when i first started um and going back to black series um you know, after discovering Black Series, I was like, because, you know, my favorite part of the Star Wars universe is the original trilogy and like the figures um, for the original trilogy was harder to get. Um, yes. And, yep. and they were uh, scalper prices like Boba Fett and the Stormtroopers and all the Lukes or whatever. And I wanted to like army build Stormtroopers and they were so expensive. I'm like, there's no way I'm paying freaking 40 bucks for a toy right um <laughs> so i went on to ebay and they were like seven bucks and they're from china i'm like dude what a what a deal <laughs> I like yeah, they're fake right so i bought a whole bunch of them and um i look back at it now like i look at because i still have those figures i look at it i'm like geez the quality is just terrible dude like it's really yeah. Dude, for for those that are like wanting knockoffs, don't do it, man. It's not worth it. It's terrible. Yeah, and it what it happens when you buy a knockoff, and D Amazing kind of educated me on one of his videos about this, is that you're you're supporting, and I'm not trying to knock you, man. I'm just saying that you're supporting, um, basically sometimes illegal operations. <laughs> so, for um, sure. For sure. Like we don't even know how these are being produced or if they're being produced like with the right like work environments or like people right. are ethics, um, right? Ethics, all those things. And so um that that whole aspect too is another uh thing you have to think about. Um I know most people don't even that doesn't even cross their mind when they're buying a toy, but um but yeah, like the plastic thing, it's a big deal. Like don't buy knockoffs, just don't do it. And it I'm one of those people, man. I'm just I guess I'm old school, but like when it comes to like uh like music or or if i can't afford it i just don't get it like i'm like one of those people if i if i can't or if i can't afford it i figure out how i can afford it like how can i get that and then right. i and then i get it and so um i'm not knocking you please don't think i am i i understand why because it is ridiculous when scalpers come in and they especially when stuff like stormtroopers and they should be readily available for everybody to have for sure um but yeah. So sorry, I'm going on a tangent. No, no, I commend you for for that. And uh, it's you're right, dude. Like we have to, like if we can't afford it, then just don't get it. Like we shouldn't be stealing because it doesn't help anybody. Or create one, or make your own 3D yeah. printer. You know what I mean? There you go. <laughs> That's right. Manifest uh, it. Yeah. Exactly, dude. So uh, I love to ask everybody this that comes on the show, but um, how long does it take for you? And I'm just going to pick a, a shot in your feed and one of your recents. How long does it take for you to get a shot 
like let's just talk about one of your plastic baller shots let's talk okay. about uh your one you did with the three lukes because i'm a star wars fan let's talk about how long does it take for you to get that thought process in your mind and then set everything up because i know you got a lot of like bystanders and you got the scene and the lighting and then how long does it take you to edit it and post Ooh, that's a deep question bro um <laughs> <laughs> let's see so that luke one let me just scroll to that right now that way you can look at it because i don't remember honestly how long that one took me when i when i'm creating though like i already have like I don't usually sit down and say, okay, let's think of a shot. I already have a shot on in my queue, basically. Okay. So like I'm uh I'm always thinking of concepts. Sometimes it's um uh what's the word? Uh sometimes it's uh actively, sometimes it's passively, sometimes like things just pop in my head, right? If when I'm at work or if I'm driving and just like an idea pops. So I have all these ideas on my uh, um, notes on my phone. So right now I probably have about 20. Um, so that was a concept that I had already on my phone um, that just popped in my head. So I didn't like sit down and actively, okay, what can I do with Luke? It just like popped in my head. I wrote it down and it was just a matter of executing um so to answer that part of the question that that part like that took a one second like the concept was like boom in Got my it. head yeah um as far as like setting up uh let's see so the 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 figures itself had to have been suspended um and so that takes a while i really don't know how long this one took but I had to um, hang them, all three Lukes, on a wire. Uh, so that probably took, I would say, at least an hour or two to do. Because yeah. you're always like, it's funny when you're setting up and you're looking at it from your eye. You're like, oh, that's perfect. And you go into camera and you're like, that looks nothing like what my eye saw. <laughs> you have to keep tweaking it like... yeah an elbow or leaning it back because you know it's a the perspective has changed your your eyes like my setup was like at a table so when i'm looking at it i'm looking a little above it whereas the camera is more level to the figure so yeah. i'm looking at it. so you know so those little tweaks that's why it takes me hours to to set up because i want to have the that perfect pose mm -hmm. um so i had a couple hours to that um and then i'll shoot you don't always get the the right shot the first time so i look i'll look at it and and sort of uh see where i can improve and then just change the camera angle so you know again i'm estimating but that could take another couple hours to do right um and then editing so when i'm done shooting i'll have i'll have quite a few to, to look through and when I get into the editing process, um, oh God, I don't know. How, it, I love the editing process. So it's where do you start? Like, what is your your go to when you're oh, when you're editing? Oh, what what program do I use? Yeah, like just uh, like the programs, and like, do you have like a certain like settings that you automatically go to? And 
No, I go in with like, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. I just go in and like, okay, <laughs> let's, let's go to work. So I use yeah. Photoshop. Um, rarely do I use Lightroom. It's mostly Photoshop. But I'll go in and it's almost like, what can I can compare it to? It's almost like, it's almost like cooking, right? Like you have all the, these amazing ingredients and um but they're just ingredients and you still have to like stir them up put them together um add you know touches of salt and spices and then put it on a plate you know there's a whole art behind like cooking right yeah uh, so i look at like my shots like that where out of the camera it's about 70 percent done you know and i and the cool thing about it is I'm pretty happy with what it looks like just out of the camera. So like the excitement of going into the editing process is it's, it's awesome because I don't know. I really don't have a game plan for the most part. Like I'm, I'm just like, okay, where can I add touches and make this a next level shot? So it's like it's like almost like you're cooking and you're like you taste it right and you're like oh it needs some cumin or it needs salt or it needs pepper so you keep adding little things here and there and then you're finally like wow okay this is a, this I'm done it's ready to be served nice dude okay so I'm curious because. I like to understand the mindset. Have you studied any photography like outside of just kind of learning? You said you taught yourself, but like, do you study like composition, traditional like methods of composing photos or like uh, learning how to do light treatments? Like, are, is this all stuff that you just kind of like figured out as you went along? Or is this something that you actually like have professional knowledge of? No, I've never studied. Like, I've never like picked up a book or... That's amazing. I've, I've, I've tried to watch YouTube videos um, about photography. Yeah. Especially like settings, right? Especially in the beginning when I was transitioning to like a fully automatic phone to uh, a professional camera that has all these crazy settings. Um, I tried to, I guess I did try to study that, but it, I never understood it. Like I was, I remember just being really frustrated in the beginning with my camera because <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't understand what f-stop was. I didn't understand. I think the first thing I learned was shutter speed, but it took me a while to learn all of that. Um, and I and I don't I don't know how many times I read about that stuff, but it was just like, dude, I am I stupid? I <laughs> I do not get this. Um, yeah. So it was it was it was really just going out and taking thousands of photos. And just trying different settings and seeing what that does. Because I remember shooting my dog and and uh, doing action shots. I love action shots. That's like my favorite type of photography is, is, is like stopping time at yeah. a fraction of a second when there's action. Because you capture so many, so many like expressions and emotions you can never see with your naked eye. And that's why I love like action shots. So anyway... Um, I remember trying to get her to do like like fetching a ball and catching her stride and 
I remember it coming out blurry. I'm like, why is this coming out blurry? <laughs> I don't get it. And and, I, and that's how I learned about shutter speed. Yeah. You know, and uh, so, yeah, to, to, to answer your question, no, I, I did not really like, well, I tried to study, but it was more through trial and error. Trial and error. Yeah. Just going out yeah. and doing the work and, um, and that's how I learn. I think that's the best way to learn. I mean, for me, I I, I know people learn differently, but um, you just got to go out and do it, man. You just got to go out and just fire away. That is so cool, dude. I it blows me away, man. Like just knowing that, and because everybody has their ideas about how people get to where they are, and you kind of understanding that you don't have all of this professional know-how you just have a passion for it you have a love for it and it's just it's just because you put in the work like you said you put in the hours you put in the work taking thousands of photos and see what doesn't work what does and it shows man it's just like it shows what's possible and like and that's what's so cool thank uh, you man thank you yeah dude for sure so do you have a favorite line of figures that you like to shoot? I know you started out with the BB-8. Is that <laughs> is Black Series? I'm sure you've kind of graduated from that. But what are your other lines that you like to shoot? And if you do have a favorite one? Ooh, um, I love them all. I know that's a kind of a I'm not it's trying to cop avoid, out. You're copping yeah, out. <laughs> I'm not trying to avoid your question. Um, uh, I think I I think I gravitate more towards the SH figure arts. Okay. Uh, Bandai line because um, I just really dig their articulation the yeah. most, and and it's a combination of articulation and just how the figures look itself. Like, uh, yeah, do do they do they really um, blow it on certain head sculpts? Absolutely, like they're like their Han Solo uh, head sculpt, not the most recent one, but like the younger Han Solo, like that was terrible i had to i had to buy a custom for that but um yeah i think i think if i look back at my at my feet it's mostly all sh figure arts and it's one of those things where man i never thought i would like when i first started i thought i would never even pay retail for a 21.99 figure i was i was always (laughs) looking for that deal and here comes this line right like with I, I love their accessories. Like they, I love the fact that they, a lot of the times they come with um, uh, different heads, like expressions, and yeah. they have different hand gestures. That's huge to me because um, I'm always doing something with that, right? Like, like it's hard to it's hard to put a basketball on a black series figure because they don't have an open hand. It's either a they got the gun figure. hand. Yeah. <laughs> yep, it's trigger figure or it's like a fist. So like yep. there's like, it's, it's hard to um, do a lot with the, those kinds of limitations. Um, so yeah, I don't know if to answer your question, but I think I answered it with SH figure arts. Wow. I did not expect that. That's cool. I mean, I understand why though, because it's it's true. Like they have, they have so many um, things that kind of put them above the rest of the crowd. When you factor in articulation and the ability to have different expressions, and and I think if other companies would incorporate that, they would uh, be able to charge their prices. You know what I mean? So for sure, 
for sure. And we're willing to pay it. Like, we'll if it's a good figure, we'll pay for it. Like, I, I think people kind of, well, I say people, but companies sell themselves short. They're like, oh, they wouldn't pay $40, yeah. $50. Yes, they will. Thanks. If you make a good figure. Yeah, evidence is there, man. I mean, you yeah. look at like people who collect one six scale. I would exactly. never, I never, ever, ever thought I would buy a one six scale figure. And what was your was, first? Uh, Chewbacca, actually. Chewy, nice. Yeah, I love. I I don't know who I saw that figure. Like I saw, I know I saw that on Instagram somewhere. I wish I remember because I would give them a shout out. But um, I remember seeing it. And I saw that it had like fur. I was like, what is this and where can I get one? And I remember seeing, I saw it um, somewhere on the internet. I did a Google search because I found out what, you know, Hot Toys made it. And I looked at the price. I'm like, there's no freaking, there's absolutely no way I'm spending money on that. And then here we are. What was my last post? It was Chewbacca. (laughs) I know. Doing in a Kobe jersey. Was that a new post? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. if that was like an older post that you had redone. No, I, I actually just did that one um, uh, two days ago or three days. Wow. That is so cool, man. Thanks. Man. Are you, are you going to get, I'm just curious, just because I, I saw this pre-order and everyone's freaking out, but are you going to get that baby Yoda? Yes, that, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 and yes. Yes, um, yes, and yes. Dude, uh, Yes, I don't know. Well, I don't know if I'm gonna get the sideshow one um, because you know Hot Toys is doing one. Yes, I just saw that. Um, yeah. the, the but I have to say that sideshow collectibles one is man that those prototype shots are ridiculous. Dude, I just it, it's not articulated though, right? It's just a statue. Yeah, it's yeah. a statue. Well, it's the same company that made. Uh, that 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 actual prop uh so that's that's why it looks that good so uh, uh, yeah so my yeah. friend works for that company oh really yeah, yeah cool. he's yeah he wants uh i asked if i can take a tour and he's like yeah i'll make that happen for you what yes yes that's cool it was crazy because he was he was telling me like before the movie came out or before the series came out that you know, Baby Yoda was just being passed everywhere, and everybody loved Baby Yoda, and um, or the child, I should say. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure it was hard. Like if I was in that work environment, I would want to tell everybody. Like, oh I my would, god, right? Because, dude, how did NDAs, man, are something that I know <laughs> I could do. I could do it, but it's like because I'm such a person that likes to have conversations about these things, it would be torture. Like you would torture me (laughs) for sure. For sure. Yeah. I'm sure would you too. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I do want to, I I do want to get a life-size articulated version of the child because, because I just have so much fun with baby Groot and he's a life-size figure. And uh, to get those two guys to doing a, a scene with my dog. Oh man. I already see. Oh it. yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be good. Yeah, I think the Hot Toys is doing. They said uh, uh, the one six, and then they're doing a quarter scale and a life size, and they're all gonna be articulated. I hope that comes with the little baby carriage because that'd be cool. Oh yeah, that would be. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Imagine. I'm sure. Imagine how much that would be, though. I mean. Well, 
I'm sure like the court, like the quarter scale and the six scale will probably come with all the accessories, but the life size may, I don't know, maybe they'll do it. I, I mean, that'd be pretty big if they came out with a life size carriage. I don't know. I digress. <laughs> How big is he though? Like, do you know, like his actual dimensions? Is he like, he's, he's like the size. Like I saw a picture. Did you see rich roll? He had the po- uh, post, he was at sideshow and got the the actual photo with the statue. It's like basically the size of like a, a six foot tall person's like torso. So like I would guess like two and a half feet, maybe wow. like, yeah, like he's That's like, big. yeah, maybe, maybe two feet. I mean, he's big, like it's a big, but plus it's got a base. So right. that, that probably factors into it, but yeah, I mean, it's not a small life size thing, but I mean, sideshow does life size statues of darth vader so i mean it's not true unfeasible but um so yeah it'd be crazy that's gonna be probably at least 1500 right for the life size or a thousand i don't know for the figure for the yeah for the life size uh for the hot toys version i would imagine it would be close to a grand i don't think it's gonna be that much yeah if it comes with uh, let Let's speculate. If it comes with, and we can see who who's right, because they'll probably announce it in the next week or two. If it comes with the carriage, I'm gonna say it's gonna come right around 800. And if it doesn't, I'm gonna say anywhere between five and six. And that's for the life size figure. For the quarter scale, it's probably gonna be around 300. And then for the one six, it'll probably be around 200. Yeah. I'm stoked for that figure, though, man. That's he's, there's he's just got so much personality. I think it's gonna really elevate everybody's creativity when they, they start using him. <laughs> it is. It, I was just laughing because when I showed the picture to my wife, she literally burst into tears with joy. I kid you not, like she was no crying. Point. Like she was like, <laughs> "Tell me we're getting that," and I was like, "Really? You approve?" Like <laughs> I was like, "What?" Like I was not expecting that reaction because normally she's like oh, cool, you know, like, you're going to get a fig. But she was like, please tell me you're getting that. And I was like, <laughs> I guess we're getting this, babe. Like, we're doing this. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome, man. She's like, I just want to have him sitting in the kitchen and watching me cook food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, she's obsessed. I love that she supports it. I know. It's the first time I've had 100% full uh, support from the wife <laughs> over a figure. <laughs> uh, so that's great. That's great, dude. This is the moment in the show where I think it's the perfect time to take a little break, and we're gonna get back to this epic episode with plastic action. Stay right there, everybody. The Toy Photocast is now a part of the Exclude Collective Network. Go to excludecollective.com to get all of your action figure news, tutorials, and everything you need to be able to be a part of this incredible community. That's excludecollective.com. Peace. Awesome. Welcome back, everyone, to the Toy Photocast. This is episode number 20 with Plastic Action. What up, what up? Welcome back, sir. It is amazing to be able to have you on the show. Like I said before, when I kicked this thing off, it's a it's been a big goal of mine to get you on here now that I've weaseled my way. <laughs> um, 
I can pick your brain. <laughs> Bro, the honor is mine. Sweet, dude. Exciting. Thank you, man. Um, I want to know where you want to see yourself in 10 years. Like, I know you're big into self-development and, and think a lot of the ways that I do, too. So it's going to be interesting to see what your vision is for 10 years and how you want to achieve that. Ooh, 10 years. Um, that is the question that I hated in job interviews mm. because, <laughs> because I really lied to their face. Like I, I never had a real, a real answer for that. And, yeah. um, and I, and to be honest with you, I don't even have that now. Um, because I don't, I guess I don't look that far ahead. I think, I think I could accomplish, you know, if I say I want to accomplish something in 10 years, I think I can accomplish it within a couple of years. I mean, that's just how I think. And I, I don't know, I don't know if that's the right thing or the right answer, but I just wrong with that. There's yeah. With that at all. I just, I just don't, I don't look that far ahead. Like, from like specifically i don't have any specific goals i'd say i do want to like i picture myself um being very successful and i do hope i don't want to say hope hope is the wrong word i do see myself in a creative space whether it be toy photography or um i don't even know it could be stop motion it could be something where I'm creating, but I know that I will be creating for a living. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but that it does. It does. Is... Yeah. I, I was just curious, <laughs> man. I think everybody has a different approach to it. And I'm always interested, interested to see how that kind of mindset affects their their day-to-day stuff because like I have I have a 10-year plan 10-year goal like I have a five-year goal and then two-year goal one-year goal and those like sometimes those goals man are like so massive like I set such massive goals that it's like I don't even know how I'm going to do that but it's just like I just set it on the shelf and know that I'll get to it it's just you know what I'm saying yeah Um, yeah. but but know that massive when you say massive that's that's perspective like Goals oh, yeah. are just goals are just goals, right? Like yeah. there's no there's no such thing as a big goal and a small goal. It just is. Um, True. So just just remember that, like, because uh, when we start putting those kinds of labels, it becomes to feel overwhelming. I want to be overwhelmed because not in a negative sense, but because I feel like um, it stretches me to a point where. I guess because I look at it from such a positive aspect, like it doesn't really Got make it. me not want to do that when I say overwhelmed or when I say massive. Like I I get fearful when I hear the word normal. I get fearful when I hear the word, word like comfortable or like mund- mundane. I right, get right. terrified. I'm like, that's not what I want. Like, yes, I get excited when I hear those words, those trigger words for me, like massive, huge, you know, uh, influential, those kind of things. Those excite me. I love and it. So those those things actually make me work harder, and so that's like, awesome. Yeah, that I, that's just my mindset, and so like that's when I when I say those things, it's not like I'm saying it like 
I'll never get to it. It's like I'm saying it because in my head, I have to do it because it's big. Like if someone says I yeah. can't do it. Like someone said to me like recently, my I think it was my wife. She's like, are you going to get a six pack before you're 30? And I was like, what does that mean? Because I I forgot I had like made this bet with my dad. And I'm not like out of shape at all. Like I'm in good shape, but I just, I, there's just a little bit of, uh, of softness around my midsection <laughs> that I need to acquire some, some rock hard abs. So I was like, she's like, are you going to get that six pack? I don't think you are. And she said that in all honesty, it wasn't being mean. She was just like, I don't think, I just don't think you're going to get it. And I was like, hold up. Like, whoa, <laughs> like, what do you mean? I'm not going to get, I'm going to get it. And so like every day I've been training, doing karate, tai chi, like intermittent fasting, drinking as much water as possible. I'm getting those six pack abs, dude. Like, don't tell me I can't do it. Like, I'm gonna do it. And that's so, awesome. That's like your motivation, right? Somebody oh, telling dude, you, you can't do something. It's like a chip on a shoulder. It's perfect. Like, Heck, I, yeah. Like, someone told me I can't do that. Shut, shut up, dude. I'm gonna do it. Like, I'm gonna go do it. So I love it, dude. And that's a good way I, to look at it, though. I tried to look at that with everything. Like when someone told me I couldn't do dioramas full time, I said, shut up, watch me do it. Like I was like, because people think so limited when it comes to their own thing, they, they could never picture themselves doing that. And that's why they project on you. Right. And I, I'm like, I get where you're coming from. I know you're trying to like be realistic, whatever, but don't project on me your limited thinking just exactly. because- I have a different way of viewing things, but yeah, that's their narrative, not yours. Like you create your own narrative and you have like, look at what you're doing now. It's pretty amazing, right? Like you've, you are doing dioramas and you can work with your hands. <laughs> I think that's great. Thank you, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that at the end of the day, I can look at the work that I've accomplished. I don't have to answer anybody. I don't have a clocking card. I can put as much work in as I want real responsibly and not like kill myself. But then um, I see the, I see the results and then also being able to like, like yourself, like me, like you, like with toy photography and like, it's all relative. Like you put in the work, like the harder you work, the more results you see, like with fitness or whatever, like, and then you're able to, appreciate like your your progress and it's like it makes you just that much more confident in your next thing that you're going to do it's like it's kind of like you build that roster of of successes which i want to talk about here in a second like your wins the things that the pinch me moments um you have this like roster uh, that you look back at and you're like i've done all of this before so what makes me think that i can't do the next big thing you know what i mean right. oh yeah for sure it's like building momentum. It's like public speaking. People are terrified of public speaking, like absolutely terrified. I've speak. I've spoken in front of thousands of people before, and I love it. Dude, I that's love, awesome. I love it, dude. Like I used to get. I used to be that guy that was real shy. My face would turn blush red whenever I'd stand in front of people, and even just like five people and talk. And now it, it's amazing to think that little kid who is kind of like just this uh, overweight like insecure dude and to see the transformation like it's just i don't mean to make this podcast about me man i'm sorry but uh, it's like no 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 i think um, people would want to know because um well i have i have a follow-up question with that so go ahead keep going with yourself so to look at that and be like now 
I don't even recognize that kid anymore. Like, I don't even associate that. Like, that's not even, that doesn't even make sense to me. Like, that was me. Like, it's almost like I'm looking at a different person. I think because a lot of people view their childhood in the sense of like this, I don't know, what's the word? It's like, they love like almost like idyllic. Like, like my childhood was not idyllic in the sense of like, I hated myself. I did not like myself. I did not like the way I looked. I did not like the way I sounded. I didn't like all the above. And so like, I realized that one day I could change that and I could not only change, like, I wasn't just this person forever. I could, if I wanted to like myself, I could make myself who I wanted to become and then work on that. And so, uh, the reason why I always do these segments is like, because people need to like have that moment, that aha moment. It's like, if you don't, if there's something about yourself, that's like, is really bugging you. It's like, for instance, empathy. Like I've been working a lot on empathy, like, and just being empathetic towards people that have issues that I don't have. And it's hard, man, because like, sometimes you can get callous to like things that in life, it's like, it's like, for instance, the, the toy drive you did with the Lulu's toy drive, like you, you can get calloused about it. If you're, if you're not careful, it's like, Oh, you know, For sure. kids the toy drive, whatever. It's like, no, it's like, no, man, no, this is, this is real. Like people like think if you were that kid and you didn't get a toy for Christmas, right? That's the empathy kicking in. It's like, Oh, and then somebody, some guy named Jax like comes around and like is Santa Claus and like brings everybody gifts and like, what the heck? You know what I mean? Like, how cool would that be? Like, so you put your, and you're like, of course I'll donate. Of course. It's like, it's learning how to use empathy to become a better human and to like, I think it just gives you so many more tools too, but I'm, I digress, man. I'm all over the place, man. But what was, your, <laughs> what was your question, dude? No. So going back to public speaking, cause that, that is actually something, uh, that is a fear that I want to overcome. Um, and I thank you for this podcast because, uh, I was never, I never, that wasn't like doing these kinds of things where, uh, thousands of people are going to listen to me is a huge fear of mine. And, you know, because you, you always go back and it's like, oh, I don't want to sound stupid. You think too much about yourself. And, yeah. um, so I just want to thank you for that. But what, what, um, what drove you or so what was, what made you want to become a public or a good at public speaking? Like what was, what was the uh, trigger for you to, to work on that side of yourself? I think once I realized, and this is going to sound probably a little heady, but once I realized I had something to say, like I realized, okay, I have something to tell these people. Maybe they don't, they don't even realize and they may not value it at the moment, but maybe the one sentence in my public speaking that I, I say, and it, it sticks with them and it helps them and it benefits them in a way that, um, maybe they could never be benefited from, from just having like a normal conversation because I grew up in an environment where public speaking was just all the time. And like watching my, my grandfather, we've spoken about him a couple of times on the, on the cast. And, and I've briefly spoken with you about him, but like he was a giant in my life, just a giant, like being able to just, uh, just pound out sermons every every week and then he was also a giant in sports and he was on cnn and fox news or uh, he was on uh what's the cbs sports and and doing all of these like just i mean he was wow. millions of people listening to him every week and then 
it just didn't phase him. Like it wasn't even a big deal. And so like having those giants in my life and then being like, I realized one moment, like the reason why people listen to him is because he has something to say and it's valuable and he values himself. And so I need to listen. So I think that's that moment. Like once you realize you get like settled into public speaking and it's like, it's going back to that whole thing about why am I doing this? I have something to say at the end of the day. I want to tell people this, whether they listen, that's their choice. Right. I mean, the people are, I can't, I can't choose. I can't make someone listen to me, but it's my responsibility to get it off my chest because you never know how it's going to help them maybe a month or a week or 10 years down the road. You know what I mean? You, you just right. never know. Um, and I also had a lot of great mentors, uh, a lot of great public speakers in school. Like I, I have people that just blew my mind the way they were able to craft uh, stories with, with their speaking. And, and just my mind would just explode with the possibilities. Like it's just I was really blessed, man, just being able to hear all these different people. That's amazing, dude. Um, that uh, that's really powerful. Like, just to hear someone who had that fear and was terrified. Yeah, and just being able to go up in front of thousands of people—that's that's, that's uh, that gives me hope because I know that's something. Like, just thinking about it, uh, I start it makes me feel uneasy yeah. but i know that's like that's uh what is that quote that says there's um uh uh god put happiness on the other side of fear you know yeah will smith says that yeah yeah that. yeah yes dude. love that quote dude um yes but it's so true like you know you you conquer those fears and you just realize wow like I had no idea there's like bliss behind this and, mm. and and how how much of uh how much it's changed me as a person and how much it's changed it, it could potentially change other people like you said like you you had a voice you had something to say and now you you can you can impact uh not only yourself but uh people that are listening to you. Oh man, it it's amazing. And just to be able to give a platform to these creative people, like it's meant so much to me um, to be able to get their voices. And we always talk about this, but like it's just be able to hear them. It's different than seeing their photos and seeing uh, videos, but being able to hear them in this format makes it so much more compelling, um, I think. I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. You get to, it, it humanizes them, right? Because you don't, because, you know, when you're in that digital space, all you see is their photos. Yeah, they might have a profile picture of themselves, but you really don't know who they are. Um, yeah. And uh, when you when you get to hear them and hear their story, you know a little bit more about them and you can connect and appreciate their art even more. Right. Like, yes. And you're yeah. like, man, I can totally relate to Jason or Richie on that. And it's like, that's cool. Like to to be able to connect those emotions and, and, uh, and, and you, you become even more of a fan of their work just by knowing where the they process. Came. Yeah. Yes. Process all that. Dude. So cool, man. So now one of my favorite moments of this thing is just talking about 
the pinch me moments, man. I know this is going to be like Pandora's box for you, <laughs> but let's crack it open, man. And let's talk about the things and the opportunities that have come across your plate, uh, so to speak, for uh, plastic action, man. All right. Yeah, um, man. Uh, I think the one that sticks out the most, it was um, being featured on ESPN because that was like, that was something that was not even expected. <laughs> it, right? Like, yeah, you think about just the toy photography space, it caters to kind of geek culture, right? And, um, but you really think about it. It's like, it's all tied in together. Like athletes love Marvel athletes love Star Wars and um but it I remember it's funny because that photo as I was creating it um like when I took the shot I was like this is this is a good photo and as I was editing it I was like oh man this is I I spent a long time editing it because I didn't know how to um uh, create the effect I wanted to create and for those that are listening and may not know what the photo is it's my end game photo where Thanos is shooting a game winning jumper and like the people uh, like pa Black Panther and um, uh, you know basically the people that end up dying in um, Infinity War are being put to ashes after he makes his game winning shot um, so I didn't know how to do that dispersion effect. Uh, so it took me a while. Anyway, long story short, um, as uh, when I completed it, I didn't, I didn't love it, and hmm. I wasn't gonna post that shot. Actually, ironically enough, I was I was going to redo it, but I was no like, way. yeah, yeah. There's something about that shot that really bugged me, and. I don't know if I want to say it on the air like, <laughs> because I think when people see it, it might bug them too, you know? So we'll just yeah. leave it at that. Okay. Uh, but, but anyway, it bugged the crap out of me. It's like, damn, I, I'm going to redo this. And I'm like, no, I spent hours on, on editing this and I, I really love the concept. It, you oh, know, I know what it is now. I see it. Yep. I you? never noticed it, dude. I never noticed that. What did you notice? Do you want me to say it? <laughs> <laughs> we let's talk off the air. Okay. Um, All right. But uh, so I was like, screw it. I'll just I'll post it. And uh, immediately after I posted it, I think I posted it in the evening time. It was just like blowing up. Like yeah. Like it know, blew up the internet. It did. It was like one of the, it was like my first uh, or my only photo that went viral. And um. Uh. What sparked it was Twitter. I don't know if really? anyone knows this, but Instagram, as much as it blew up on Instagram after I posted it on Twitter the next day, the next morning, um, it w that's when it went viral. Because really? the power, and the funny thing is back then, I only had like 70 followers on Twitter, but <laughs> it got like to the right people. And they, and the power of the retweet, right? Like, it links to your account so people yeah. know who, who it's coming from unless they screenshot it and then tweet it. But everybody was just retweeting it and they got to the right people. Um, so these big account, these big sports accounts um, got a hold of it and started posting it on Instagram. But the, the crazy thing was they, 
didn't know who the artist was. So in the caption, it says, I don't know who created this, but it's fire kind of thing, right? And so I saw all kinds of traffic on these big accounts. One was Complex Sports, one the other one was Ball is Life. And it was like blowing up on their accounts. With, and nobody knew it was from me. And I was what? like, well, yeah, so there was no, absolutely no credit. But the awesome thing was they were trying to find credit. But they just didn't know who it was. So okay. I I do a little call to action with you know, my little group chat. Like I have, well, you guys know who they are. It's like Swift Picks and uh, Work More or Less, Black Series, Nose Rain. And I said, dude, I need your, I need some help here. Like I need you to blow up these these two accounts and let them know that this photo was mine so I can get credit because it's going viral. It's blowing up. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we got you, man. We got you. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so like they all just started going on their account and just putting those, this is, this is plastic actions photo. And, uh, soon enough. And, and I even, I think I even did like a stories and say, Hey guys, help me out. Uh, uh, photos going viral and nobody knows it's me kind of thing. And that's the amazing thing about this community, right? Like everybody's got each other's back and I'm so grateful for for that yeah because everybody like you look at you look at that post man everybody put in their put in their um their comments and say hey this is plastic actions photo and um so finally you know they they redo the caption and then i start like my account starts blowing up and um then i get an email from espn what yeah i'm like espn like we uh we really love your photo and uh want permission f to repost this we will give you full credit you just need to sign this release form or whatever because it's disney right so you yeah. they have all their bases covered and i was like uh yeah, of course i was <laughs> so like i i remember just shaking like because it was like uh espn that's insane dude it, People don't know that I like have been watching ESPN and Sports Center since I was a kid. Like I was, it was every night, every day. It was just all ESPN. Even till now, like I'm, I, I listen to ESPN radio on the way to work sometimes and on the way back. And so ESPN is just a big part of my daily culture. Uh, so for them to recognize that was so huge to me. Um, and just so ex unexpected. Uh, so that's like that, that pinch me moment is the one that stands out the most because it was, uh, it was, I don't sound cheesy, but it was like life changing. Like it was, it's, it's something I'm super proud of. I, you should be, man. I remember that day. Like I remember when you had the call to action. I remember like when that, post went viral i remember that moment and i was so stoked for you dude i was like because first off like the photo is amazing like it's an incredible photo and then it deserves that much attention but like once it happened it was like almost like like the heavens opened or something i was like what is going on like it was all <laughs> over the place and just seeing that um did that like i know uh that was like one of your biggest moments but did that kind of inspire you to kind of like push further the craft and like continue to make more art yeah especially my plastic baller series it was um and i have to give a shout out to a notorious collector who really opened up my world and that 
specific theme because Roger, who was making or is still making dioramas at the time, hit me up and he said, Hey, I want to make a diorama for you. Um, uh, yeah, what, what is there anything you'd be interested in? I'm like, Well, funny that you asked me because I want a uh, I'm looking for an outdoor basketball diorama. So he hooked that up for me. And if it wasn't for him, uh, none of this would have been possible, right? Like it, it's all timing. Like maybe it could have happened in the later future, but I doubt it, but everything kind of worked <laughs> out because of, you know, um, his creation and then my creation coupled together. And so I, I just wanted to take a quick minute just to give a shout out to him. I'm sorry if I went, on the side there but what was your question again oh um i was just asking if you kind of used that momentum to inspire you to create more art and like did that kind of solidify like uh your your passion for this like because i know like those moments for a lot of people like it's really like it just says okay i'm doing i could kind of like it's like the universe is throwing you a bone it's like i'm doing the right thing yeah, yeah. I think I think it was. I think it was uh, the moment where it was like this. This can get serious. Like yeah. this is this is uh, there's there's a community because you know we we all like within the toy photography community we love what we all do. Like I'm a fan. If I wasn't doing this, I would and I discovered I would still be a fan of toy photography. Like yeah. we all love what we all do. But the fact that there are different um i guess cultures that or or genres that uh like sports people that love it too it's like okay there's something there's something good about this that everybody would like you know and yeah and, and that's that was a huge like light bulb for me it was like okay yeah this 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 can get serious you know and it it, it inspired me to keep creating more for plastic ballers because um because in i think the numbers show i don't i don't mean to go into metrics and likes and stuff but it's true like i look at like my most pop like my most popular stuff is basketball related and ironically that's the it's it's the uh, well it's no it's no um uh why can't i think of the word right now it's no um surprise surprise thank you very <laughs> much for that yeah. difficult word it's no surprise that it is because it's like the 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 theme that i love doing the most you can tell you can definitely tell man did that that um uh, kind of open the door with damon because i always i didn't know the the timeline there because i know you got to work with uh Damon from Shark Tank. How yeah. did that? How did that happen? Oh, that was crazy. Um, uh, I think uh, I, you know, I didn't ask specifically, but I'm pretty sure it was from that Endgame photo. Yeah, because uh, a lot of things happened after that. Um, but he, um, I got a DM. Well, I got a follow on a Friday. I remember that day. I know specifically. It was like 6 p.m. Friday evening. I was at home after work, hanging out with my wife. I was sitting on the couch, scrolling on Instagram, get a follow from this account called the Shark Damon, and I looked at it and I was like, "Oh, he has a check mark on his name, and he must be some kind of legit dude." So, uh, I was a fan of Shark Tank, but didn't know the people's names on there really. I I, yeah. uh, I knew Mark Cuban obviously because I was tied to basketball, but I didn't know anybody else's name really. 
um, I was like, oh, this is the dude on Shark Tank. And so I show my, because my wife and I watch it together. And I was like, babe, guess who's following me? And I show her, show her my phone. She's, she's like, oh, my God, Shark Tank. So I get a DM like five minutes after that. What? Um, yes. <laughs> exactly what my reaction was. I was like, what? <laughs> um, I look at my DMs and he sent me a message. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was uh, the effect of, hey, Jax, really love your work. Um, want to see if you're interested in doing some work or potentially being on my podcast. No way. And I stood silent, just like <laughs> I'm standing silent right now for a long time. Like, And it made me super nervous because I was like, I'm not even like, like, how can I be on this <laughs> podcast? Right. Like I've, uh, I didn't know he had a podcast number one, but, what? uh, when he, um, when I heard, I started listening to it and people on this podcast are freaking heavy hitters. I mean, these are like millionaires and really established entrepreneurs. And I was like, why, why would, why, why me? Right. Like, what, you know, what is it about me that you see? Um, I wish I had asked that question, but, uh, cause it would be interesting to, to get the answer. But, um, but yeah, so that's how that came about. And, um, I was like, hell yeah, I'm interested. Let's set up something. So, uh, we set up a call and I had a call with his people, his president of his company called, uh, the shark group. And, um, he's like, yeah, uh, was, hoping uh, if you or seeing if you'd be interested in, in creating some images for us and I was like yeah let's I'm totally game for it and uh that's, so that's how that came about and uh, I remember just getting off the phone uh after that conversation and uh feeling a little emotional like uh I don't even it's hard to even describe but I just remember like uh like so much joy and almost wish like I was able to call my parents, you know, cause they're both gone. And oh, uh, I, I wanted to like, let them know, like, you know, Your this boy's is what doing I'm something. doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing something I'm creating and people love it. And, uh, and my wife was at work and she works at a school. And so I couldn't call her cause she, you know, she's always watching kids. Yeah. Um, I was like, damn, I have nobody to call. I called my sister and I let her know and she was super stoked and, um, but yeah, yeah, that was That's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, uh, I just wrapped up a project for him not too long ago. So I don't know if by the time this podcast airs, it'll be posted, but, um, but I'm, ex I'm excited for that one too. Sweet. Oh man. It, it warms my heart, man. Just to kind of, to me kind of just shows how far this like this craft can go man when you have that passion and that that energy that you bring and that's incredible man and so a lot of people i feel like um might that might cripple them like getting that kind of exposure and and it might go to their head but i feel like it hasn't gone to your head like it, it's just kind of made you even more humble and like even more excited about what you do and so i think that's something that I like really admire about you, man. It's like if you you get that exposure, you get that 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 level of uh, just being able to share your stuff on a on a a scale that's just kind of unheard of with toy photography. But like 
and you stay grounded and you're like, this is just so cool. Like you don't get puffed up about it. You're not like, you just rubbing it in people's faces. It's just not, that's not who you, that's not who you are. I mean, that's just not your yeah. personality. Like you're just grateful. You're just like, and I think that's what continues to bring those, uh, those sort of like circumstances towards you is like, you're just your gratitude. You're just staying continually grateful. And it, I do, that's just, it's so cool, man. It's so Thank cool. you, man. Thank you. And, um, I am like everything you said, I'm just super grateful. Uh, sometimes, uh, feel there are times where I feel unworthy of it. And I'm, you know, I, I'm telling the truth when I say that it's like, why me? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it makes me like, it makes me nervous. Like, am I going to disappoint them? Uh, you know, I, all these, all these weird thoughts go in my head that try and make me not want to do it. But then I just realize, you just got to jump in and do it, man. Cause that's the only way you grow. Like you just got to like, uh, like you, I, here's a, here's a little gem for the listeners. Like, you if you get an opportunity, um, and you don't feel like you're ready, you're never going to feel like you're ready. Mm. So don't ever think you're going to feel ready. You just got to, you know, they're, they're reaching out to you, um, for, for a reason because they see something special in you. So, uh, you know, just go, go after it and give your best. Um, and you know, everything will kind of work itself out, but yeah, yeah. Cause you know, it's so easy to talk yourself out of it. And I've done oh, yeah. that. The, I've done that in the past. And I know like, you know, moving forward, it's like, no, it's like every opportunity that I think is going to help me grow. Um, I'm just going to go in and regardless of how fearful I am, you know, I'm just going to say, yes, let's do it. Jump and grow wings along the way. Dope mic drop right there we could basically just say <laughs> the end on that but i want to i want to get into um one last topic man and kind of uh just wrap all this up because like your i think for the listeners like the most uh, value we can add to them is just to kind of talk about your your mindset and how you um you keep a mental freshness and an attitude and what it, what is your regiment as far as like uh, staying positive and staying creative and staying like in a, in a place where you can not let, not let it get to your head and also do your best. Yeah. So, uh, going back to gratitude, um, I, that's something I practice on a daily basis, uh, is writing. I try and do it in the morning and there are, there are times where I don't do it in the morning, but I notice like if, if I, write down 10 things I'm grateful for and really feel it too. Like sometimes you just have to say, you know, say I am grateful for my wife and my marriage. I'm grateful for the health of my dogs. I'm grateful for being alive and mentally present. You know, if you say that and you really feel it, um, it it makes all the difference, but that's something I do every day because, um, it just puts me in a, in a really good place. It puts it makes me think about things that I have, mm. not things that I don't have. Because if you start fi- focusing on things you don't have, it's just negative energy right there. So, um, so that's that's one thing I do is I practice gratitude, and I'm uh, and every day I'm always trying to learn 
something. Uh, so if it's listening to a podcast or watching a TED Talk video on YouTube, I'm always just trying to educate myself and um, just make myself a better version on a daily basis. Uh, and and the podcasts, like your podcast, I I love listening to because I'm able to get something out of it from from every every episode. Uh, but yeah, so because I in my day job I drive quite a bit so you know I can focus you know part of me can focus on how shitty the traffic is but I choose <laughs> to like say no this is an opportunity for me to really educate myself and uh, listening to inspiring people who can make a change in my life so that's what I do as I listen to these podcasts or listen or listen to um, YouTube videos that have really valuable information that will help me grow. It's incredible, man. That, I mean, there's nothing much I can say to that. It's just when you position yourself uh, in a gratitude state of mind, like it's just without getting too deep about it, like it just really just sets you up for success it really does and you like you said you it, it centers you in your in the things that are happening now instead of worrying about what you don't have or not worrying about that company that's not sending you product or worrying about that um whatever it could be like that you're not getting the attention you deserve whatever it is and being grateful for what you do have grateful that you live in a place where you're able to create um, that you're able to, to do things that, you know, some people in this world aren't fortunate enough to do, you know what I mean? Like there's right. some people out there that are following us that listen to us. I know. And I, I look, I look at it, man. There's people that listen to this podcast all over the world. It blows my mind. And I see all like, like 1%, 2% in different countries. And I'm like, there's somebody out there listening to this and maybe they don't even get the opportunity to do this, but they're like, they're like thinking and listening to us and they're like, wow, like one day I'll get to do that. And like how, that's, how like, that's like that attitude of gratefulness is like once you realize what you already have and like the, the amazing opportunities that are before you, then you can like make the most of every moment. And it's like, and when you compare yourself to people, of course, less fortunate, you can just be like, Oh my God, like, look at what I have. Look at, look at the blessing that is my life. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Oh yeah. And that just sets you up for even greater things. So, yeah. And, um, and when I first started doing this gratitude practice, it almost felt like kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah. it does, cause, you know, it's, it's, you, you don't it feels really forced. It does. It does. Um, it takes a while. So yeah, if people are listening to this and they, you know, want to try it, uh, just know that like the first maybe a couple of weeks, like you won't feel anything, but I'm on like day, uh, where am I at right now? 110 days into it. And it's life changing, dude. Like it really shifts your perspective on life and, uh, you shift your, perception you really change your world yeah it does oh another thing that i do um is uh i write an affirmation um with my left hand my non-dominant hand i do that every Ooh. day too yeah why yeah. do you do that 
Um, it, I'm going to throw in some science here and what I've learned, but it, it, it exercises the part of the brain, the creative part of your brain. You know, your brain is a, is, is a muscle like any muscle that you have. Like you, if you keep um, exercising it, it just becomes better. Uh, I think I believe it's the prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can share an amazing story uh, of a person that actually has been practicing this and what it's done for her. So I was at a, a seminar recently and... Uh, Barbara, who is sitting at my at the same table that I was in, she is an amazing person. But she um, she's a cancer survivor, and she went through, I believe, uh, radiation or chemo. Any anyway, is it was you know how harsh that could be on your body, right? Oh, so yeah. she she developed a uh, um, uh, a tremor on. The, her right hand, like uncontrolled, like nonstop tremor. And she started doing this, um, this practice where she's writing with her non-dominant hand every day. And in two weeks, it went away. My gosh, what? Yeah, right? Um, what? Yeah, so it does things. Sometimes, like, it's another one of those ridiculous things that you think, well, you think it's ridiculous. I I still, like, this is, what, 110 days in a row where I'm doing this, and it feels ridiculous sometimes. Like, man, this is stupid. Like, why am I even doing this? <laughs> you know, yeah. but I continue to do it and because uh, I know, like, uh, it, it really does make a difference. And, you know, because you have to keep your your brain exercise in, in a sense and that, uh, and it, uh, it keeps you, um, not in the autopilot mode, you know, cause mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's like the last place you want to be, dude. Like it, from, from a creative standpoint, like the moment you are in autopilot, you mm-hmm. are not in a creative state. You're just thinking or you're doing without thinking. Yeah. And there's also two two heads to that coin too, with the autopilot thing that I was studying today. Kind of piggyback off what you're talking about, about the flow state, about how when people like peak athletes and performers, and um, it's this scientific thing, proven thing that people that learn how to get into what's called the flow state, where they actually don't use their brain, um, which kind of blows my mind. Um, pun intended, but <laughs> if you look at it from the perspective of your, like you said, the brain is a muscle, it's meant to be used and then learning how not to use it sometimes. Cause sometimes we can get in our own head or we can think too much True. and overthink and over like learning how to like turn your brain off sometimes and just feel and just do it. And uh. like learning how to just be in that flow. Like, cause that, it's hard to put into vernacular with my current understanding of it, but it's not like they're not functioning. Like they're using, they're not using the part of the brain that's like um, processing information. It's just pure raw instinct. Like, and so once you're able to do that, like you're able to achieve things that you probably couldn't achieve anyway, 
any other way. Like Tony Hawk, for instance, when he did the 900, if you watched a video when he first did the 900, which is three can three full spins on Dang. a skateboard for people yeah. that don't understand what a 900 is, is on a vert a ramp. So he goes up and he spins three times in the air, never been done before. And you see him when he does it, he lands it, sticks it. And then just no, no expression. He's just like a robot. I just did it. And then all of a sudden the emotion hit him. And like about when he came back down the other side, he's like, <laughs> Oh my God, I just did it. Like, Oh man. Cause his brain was off. He turned his brain off and just did it. And like, uh, sometimes we got to turn that, that off so you can get out of your own way. And right. I think that that sometimes is like a crucial for creative people. It's like, because you hit roadblocks sometimes and like learning how to trigger that flow state where you just get out of your own way and you just create. True. And that, that is special. If you learn how to do that, like they, they were um, doing a Harvard research on the flow state and people that learn how to access that there's triggers to get into flow. Yeah. Um, but people that access that on a daily basis, like they increase their productivity 500%. Oh, I can imagine, dude. 500%, dude. That's Think crazy. about that. If you were able to increase your productivity 500% oh, every man. day, well, how much would you get done in a day? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. Like, what? So I think that's why people like need to have their own studio to get yeah. into that flow right like i don't have a like i don't have my own studio like my my where i shoot indoors is on my is in my dining room so there you know there's all kinds of distractions that i have three dogs you know yeah. sometimes people are over um there's uh there's neighbors that walk by that have loud dogs um but yeah like i can imagine and i i see why people get into those creatives those studios so they can get into that flow man oh yeah it it's i wouldn't even consider it like a sensory deprivation because sometimes like even like when you're in that moment it's like learning what triggers it uh there's five triggers and i took the picture i don't have it right off the top of my head but um once you learn how to access that and create on that level like not it doesn't really matter what your surroundings are like it doesn't matter what's necessarily going on around you because you're just like it well dopamine but what is one of the things that triggers flow so when you have a, a release of dopamine that increase increases focus and also increases your um increases the mind to be able to get into that flow state um Another another way to get into flow is novelty. And that's why people who are like toy photographers are so creative. And I think they get into that. They don't even realize it. But novelty, which is like anything new. Yeah. So when you get like a new figure or, or a new diorama or a new set, it's like that creates uh, a dopamine release, which can trigger flow. So wow. you're able to, So you can be able to get into that flow state. Uh, because you have something new. And so people that get stuck in ruts, oftentimes um, they don't they don't introduce anything new into it could be their surroundings, environment or, or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, like that blew my mind when I was listening to that today and just being able to because I want to create more and I want to be able to speak better. And I want like I don't consider myself like the all time best at anything. Like I just consider myself a student of everything. Like I right. just want to keep progressing and i know you do too and so it's like as we as we figure out what our trajectory is 
like as we kind of like map it out like and understand where we want to go like we have to have things like like flow like and i know this probably people are like what is he even talking about like it's it's a real thing like go study it bro i'm with just google it go like what is flow like and you it is a scientific term and it there's a whole book on it um called the rise of uh, the rise of superman which is all about action um athletes and and not just them but people that are able to use flow in a daily basis and it's been studied for almost 100 years now um but yeah yeah i need to study that because i want i want to get in that flow state it, it almost sounds like um uh getting runners high i don't know if you've if you've been a runner i used to run back in the day and uh getting that runner's high it sounds like it would be in the same like like well yeah it is and that's something that actually you can trigger with uh breathing techniques too you can do the wim hof breathing techniques that i funny you say that because i actually did it before we did the podcast um i don't do it every every day but like i try to do uh deep breathing techniques which trigger your your flow state and it just it creates it's the weirdest thing man it's like it creates this sense of realizing like your place in the world almost it's like it it is literally a free way to get high you don't have to get you don't have to buy anything you don't have to smoke anything take anything it'll get you higher than anything that you have ever done and i i'm kidding you not man and when i say that i don't mean like I'm a, I'm an addict. I, I say that because I want to elevate my understanding and my experience and study Wim Hof, man. He's the ice man. He, he does all these breathing techniques and he, with science, scientifically proves how to increase your, uh, your, uh, flow state with, uh, breathing techniques and with triggers and stuff like that. But oh, yeah, man. yeah, I need to make that part of my daily routine. So send me that stuff. Cause I'm Holy always crap, looking dude. Yeah, looking yeah. for i'm always looking for something different to it'll freak you out man the first time you do it it'll, <laughs> it'll freak you out i'm not even kidding you you're like there's no way i can feel this way without anything like it's it's trippy um but yeah that's coming from someone that actually did a lot of drugs so i can i have actual experience okay. so, so um <laughs> but i don't do any now I'm i'm completely sober but yeah so dude thank you so much for coming on the show um is there anything that you want to say to your listeners, to the fans, people that love you, man? Um, just give them a shout out and, and close us on out, man. Oh, man. What can I say? I love you guys. Like, uh, <laughs> seriously, like that sounds cheesy, but I do like it. It's uh, you. You know, the audience is so so much part of my work. You know, like I always have the people that follow me in mind as I'm creating because it's such a huge part of what I do is the sharing aspect of it. And, uh, so, uh, thank you for, uh, supporting me and thank you to everyone that has, um, not only followed me, but commented and liked and, uh, supported my fundraisers and, uh, donated their hard earned money into that. I'm super grateful for that and uh, shout out to my wife who I love very much and she has uh, ultimately she has inspired me to become creative again I felt like I've been in this creative uh, well not creative but I've been in a mental jail 
uh, for over 20 years. And after meeting her, it's allowed me to explore creativity again, which led me to photography and doc photography and now toy photography. And she's fully supported me um, from day one. So uh, I'm just super grateful for her and just her support. So uh, thank you. I, I can say the same thing for my wife and it's like, man, I, I couldn't imagine, you know what I mean? Like just doing life without her. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm right with you. I'm right there with you, brother. All right, man, dude, thank you so much. Let everybody know where they can connect with you on social media and yeah. So on Instagram, actually just go to my Instagram. It's at uh, plastic action. It's all one word. And from there, uh, I have links to my website where uh, it's a lot of what I do on Instagram. And it sometimes, uh, uh, well, it shows uh, some of the projects that I've done. And I also have a store there where you can buy some, um, some fine art prints. Um, and it also, on my Instagram, it uh, links you to my Twitter and Facebook. Sweet. And you can find me at Dagobah underscore Dave. Find the Toy Photocast Instagram page at Toy Photocast on Instagram. We also do a Mezco 112 Collective feature page at 1.12.collective and Star Wars Toy Picks feature page at Star Wars Toy Picks on Instagram. So remember, everybody, this is our mantra. I'm going to let Plastic Action say it because he knows it well. We are storytellers peace peace